So this is our first snapshot or summary episode. We've had five cracking guests on so far. Obviously, we've got some more coming out soon, but we thought this would be a great opportunity to actually digest what has been so much valuable content from the guests that we've had so far. And for people that are watching or listening to this particular episode, gives them a little bit of a taster into which episode they might want to go back and listen to. And if they've listened to all of them, thank you so much. This will give you a little bit of a reminder on some of the topics that came in. And we're going to have a little bit of a lettings and uh, investors property market update at the end. So episode one, we had a kill one. One of the things that I was really interested to hear from Akil is exactly how the BRR system works. And in the end, he actually said it's more BRRRR. Um, but that technique really seems like a very simple way to grow your portfolio. And I know in your podcast, Mike, we spoke about growing the portfolio at the rate that suits you. But Tristan, you enjoyed that one. And for you, you know, let's just give a summary on that point. What does it mean for starters for people listening? Yeah, I mean, from my side of the Akil podcast, um, he spoke a lot about a power team. And I think with all of the podcasts that we've done, a lot of people go back to this power team. Um, and I think it is very important when you're looking to invest in the property that you have it behind you. That's anything from an accountant through to your agent finding the right property through to the correct mortgage rate. There's so many different things you need to look at on the back end. And I think it's important to piece them together yeah. to make sure you're buying the right investment and you're getting the best possible outcome from your goals. And then that, that power team links to each of the R's in reality. It's obviously a, a general sort of plus as well. Um, but I think when you've got, when you buy the right property as the first step being the R, um, that's key and he kept linking back to knowing what you want and having the right estate agent involved and then the following R's being that obviously at some point you're probably going to buy that property that is in need of refurbishment or extending um, to create the value addition then get it rented out obviously that's where we come into play and then the power team helps you enable kind of that refinance and then obviously the last as we all would do if it's um, been successful is of course to repeat it um, and I think it was such a simple method that made a lot of sense. And we were talking about the perfect case study in, in, in terms of one that we'd actually done recently on a, on a similar scale for a client, Donnybrook, I think it was, um, worked really well. That power team's vital. And then we were also touching base on, he actually said maybe his um, best tip for anyone looking to invest at the moment within his clients that he's got is to consider commercial change of use um, or resi slash commercial, which that's quite an interesting topic for us because it's something that we've been talking about as well, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. It's something, it's quite a hot topic, I think, across mm. probably more experienced investors rather than first timers. But because legislation has been open so much because of the need to increase residential properties in the UK. It's something that's much more open, such that the planning department's much more open to it, much more accepting of it now. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of space out there that's going unused. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other bits from the Akil podcast that either you guys are kind of stuck with in the back of your mind sort of thinking about? I think from my point of view, it is, it's looking at someone who's got their finger on the pulse of the financial markets. Akil by job title is a mortgage advisor or a mortgage broker and just walking in and sitting down and chatting to someone like that you see the difference between a mortgage broker and a mortgage broker mm -hmm. someone who works in a, in a in an agency branch or in a in a bank branch compared to someone who's in there doing it 
day to day, who understands the financial markets, who understands the property markets. It's a world away, which is what stuck with me. Yeah, I made a little teaser at the end, didn't we, into looking into what's going on in the US as maybe a, um, a part two of the Akil podcast, which um, I'm interested to see as well. Where'd Darren come on? You did really well to get a, an accountant, obviously on camera, um, Tristan, so well done on that. But we had Darren come on and what I liked from Darren's podcast is he was looking at it from um, a new investor, a new landlord, um, someone that was looking for convenience. And he was also looking at it from an accountancy point of view. Um, we touched a little bit on kind of utilizing limited businesses and how the trades might be really active with their um, their cash flow at the moment. It might be something to think about, but what did you kind of take away from Darren one most? Yeah, definitely. Uh, from his side, I mean, it, it really depends on each individual goal. So it's not one shoe fits all, whether it's a personal or limited. He said, if you search Google, typically it's going to direct you in the direction of a limited company, but there's different factors that it doesn't consider when you're searching those. Yeah. So it depends about your personal income. Obviously, if you've got a limited company, you're going to have a corporation tax. And if you're looking to extract money, if you want a higher uh, tax earning uh, tax code, then you've got an extra 40% tax on that. So it really depends on your short or long-term goals and what you want to get as an end result from that to which avenue you go down. So yeah. it's always good to sit down accordingly before you invest, make your plan of action of what you want to get out of it short and long-term and then take the relevant advice before you go and jump straight in because a simple change that costs thousands could also save you thousands. Whereas yeah. if you go in the wrong avenue, it could cost you a lot more. We didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable by putting him on the spot, but he kind of alluded to on that point that we've come across quite a lot of landlords where um, Mr. owns his own business, but the property is in the wife's name. And you kind of get an idea of now why that might be the case with a limited business with the lower tax bracket versus the higher tax bracket. That's quite an interesting subject. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's something he kept coming back to. And I think the answer to every question was preceded by always take advice yeah. before you do something. Yeah. Um, it was it was just the topic of conversation all the way through the through the conversation. Always take advice before you jump, before you do something, because it'll cost you a lot more to undo what you've put together on a whim or on some advice from Google. And he was from um, I guess from a demographic point of view, he's got kids He's a business owner himself, he's, he's a busy guy, um, and from his perspective, convenience, convenience, convenience was key, time efficiency was key, and that then stipulated the type of perfect property that would suit him, because it wasn't all about, um, we talk about yields or profit, monthly profit, for him it was a lot about convenience and the long-term plan for, for his property purchasing. Yeah, so he wanted a family home um, that was going to be stress-free. He would like an agent to, to deal with it so it's not very hands-on from his side because he is busy with his role. So in terms of his method was to pass it over to someone else to deal with. And with a typical family home, we all know it's going to be a long-term tenancy, not chopping and changing and worrying about finding new tenants. So mm. um, that, that just worked for him. But then yeah. the other benefit that I felt from that podcast as well, which is becoming more common according to him, is doing a limited loan from one company to another mm -hmm. in order to use that money to invest in a pension pot, mm -hmm. which seems to be a very common nowadays. Yeah, it seems to be a, a good option for business owners. And I think the amount of business owners out there, especially since 
sort of COVID and the pandemic, it seems to be increasing as people see this is a, a new way of working. And I think with social media and things like that is a much easier way to generate business in an area and in a, in a job and in a business that, that you're very passionate about. So it's so relevant, really, really relevant. Then we had someone else on. Who do we have on after that? He sat right here next to us. There we go. We had Mike come on. And, um, you know, I'm not going to uh, make him embarrassed by saying it was my favourite one out of the five. But I definitely, while I was running, listening back to it, even though I was in it, I actually took a load of different digestions from it. And it was it was really interesting to hear from your point of view, Mike, talking about investing for your goal. And I think that was something that we probably um, both listened to, which was so valid because investors we've just had a podcast now where someone said, you know, there's hundreds and thousands of investors out there or want to be investors, but investing for your goal is key. And are you looking for monthly profits? Are you looking for long-term equity gain? Are you looking for a pension pot? What are you actually looking for? Are you just looking for a side hustle and something to be involved in? Or like we mentioned with Darren, are we looking for someone to just push something over there, let someone else deal with it, set up a team, and then just when you're ready to use it as you see fit, it's ready for you. But that was quite key. And I guess you're talking to landlords a lot on a day-to-day basis. Is that a topic of conversation which is often something you talk about, investing for their goal, why they bought the property that they're renting? It's come a lot more common recently. Um, Since we've released the podcast, I have had a number of calls from investors um, not so much landlords now, but they've got investments in other avenues. And yeah. they said, look, I've always had an interest in property. It seems like the right idea. I've got a lump sum of cash. And um, there's one chap I'm working with now that's got, uh, he's spoken to Akil as well. He's got a large amount of money that he's ready to invest straight away. So we've worked out his goal from that. We've worked out how much he can spend and what he's looking for. And we're on the search for that now. So um, it's become more common. And since we released the podcast, we've had a lot of interest from people. And rather than just talking about Mike, with Mike sat right next to me, um, I'll ask Mike the next question to just give a summary on it. But one of the things you mentioned was when you're thinking about investing, it's really it's a really good idea to to stay local, or at least semi-local, but maybe to follow where the council is investing. And we've you've probably seen that evidence based on recent regens in local areas. But give us a bit of a summary on that. Why does that make sense? Yeah, I mean anywhere where. The council puts £100 million will reflect in the local house prices because it will make it a more attractive place to live with more jobs, with more facilities. So if the council or private equity, in fairness, put money into an area, you should follow it. We saw it with Reading, with the Oracle Centre, we saw it with Basingstoke, with Festival Place, and we've seen it with Bracknell, with the new town centre in the Lexicon. Every single time that kind of money goes into an area to regenerate it, the local area benefits in a in a way in a domino effect yeah it, it makes total sense and i think we've seen we've seen it happen around here it'd be interesting to find out where the next big local place is where the investment is happening that's sort of i guess semi-local to us because maybe it's something we can do a podcast on um, down the line and, and go and visit we had megan on and it was great to get megan on i missed that one unfortunately but i listened back to it um recently and Megan being from Property Mark or Arla, she obviously looks at things in a couple of different ways. She looks at it from a compliance point of view, um, from a legislation point of view. She also sees it as a landlord, a former landlord. She said she'd sold her portfolio recently. Um, and then she sees it from an estate agency point of view, or a letting agency point of view. So she's got a couple of different hats that she can wear. Um, within the podcast, one of the things that really stuck to me was 
she said you get out of a property what you put into it and she actually said if you buy i quote a dog end flat what are you expecting to get from it and if you buy something and you put love and time and something into it in the way that you would then live there then you would get a tenant that's happy to rent it but if you're not happy to live there why would someone rent it from you and I thought that was really powerful and that, that sort of struck a chord with me for a lot of landlords that maybe we've met over the years that just see it as a money scenario rather than, as you like to put it, you know, it is a business. It is something that um, is, is serious from that element of things. But as someone that's been in, in lettings for so long, Tristan, I would imagine you found that quite an insightful one as well. Yeah, definitely. It took me a while to sort of pin down, but it was something that I always said to you guys I wanted to make happen. Yeah. And um, it, she was so relaxed about it and, and welcomed the opportunity so really thanked her for obviously her time and doing so but um, for me legislation is always changing and being there's so many landlords that I speak to on a daily basis that aren't aware of some of the changes so we go into detail of where they can find this information to make sure moving forward they don't dig themselves a hole and end up with a fine or some sort of penalty for not complying with legislation but we also discussed the renters reform bill and for those that don't know what that is is they're looking to abolish section 21 notices tighten up the section 8 notices uh, and also do lifetime deposits so it's the next big thing that's going to happen with the industry that people need to prepare for uh, alongside the epc changes that's going to go yeah. on. and there's a lot of information bomb there that i guess a lot of future landlords or current property investors this is stuff that they've got to digest because it, it's again it'll influence, what, it'll influence what you're going to buy absolutely what's going to happen in the next two years you should know what's going to happen in the next yeah. two years because if you don't you're going to buy the wrong property yeah absolutely such a vital one so anyone that hasn't listened to that go back and listen to it there was a subject that was um it was at the end of the podcast. It was quite passionate for, for you and Megan, I think, Mike, because you, you're both someone with pets and kids. But I think one of the things that she said at the end of the podcast was, um, I can't remember how old, I think she said, I've got a three-year-old, which definitely makes more mess than my three dogs. So let's just touch on pets, because I think it's a subject which, um, I spoke to someone the other day in my road and he said, um, pets aren't for Christmas or a dog's not for Christmas, it was for lockdown, which was kind of a, a bit of a joke in, in a way. But definitely since lockdown, tenants have got lots more pets. Um, so what advice would you give a landlord at the moment based on the fact that maybe a long term good quality tenant might have a pet? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think if you have the trust in a tenant who's got a pet, they're likely to stay in your property longer. Goes back to the, the the phrase of that podcast, which is you get out of it what you put into it. If you give some trust, you're likely to get that back. Mm. Um, and the percentage of people who own pets has gone up. The types of pet that people own have actually changed. So a lot more people who own dogs, their dogs are hypoallergenic, non-shedding, curly-haired, poodle crosses, and mine, unfortunately, is a black Labrador, which drops hair everywhere. So you can really go into granular detail. But what's a good tenant look like now? A good tenant looks like someone who's going to make a house a home. Mm -hmm. And a family home quite often comes with a family pet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would imagine a dog is not going to do, or a cat is not going to do what my five-year-old can do from time to time with a crayon or with a... Um, a permanent ink marker sometimes so um, yeah it's definitely a subject of, of interest and what you obviously get a flavor when you meet tenants where you can sort of almost feel a tenant's really going to make a property their home or they're going to maybe see it as a 
as a stepping stone, a hotel towards something different. Are you finding a, a change in the dynamic of how people are looking to live at the moment with everything that's changed? And is pets a, a common topic that you have with tenants? Yeah, I think that's a, a great sort of question. Um, pets are becoming more common uh, and there's been a massive increase of pet demands and the amount of people I speak to on a daily basis that said, look, I can't, I've been looking for a while, I can't find a property, no, we set pets. Mm. We understand there's leasehold restrictions on certain properties. If there's no outdoor space, it's probably not fair for a dog to live there. Yeah. Um, but property, family homes with gardens, outdoor space, I think it should be considered. Um, and I'm actually releasing a blog next week um, that's going to be talking about pets and lets and how you can not sell it to a landlord, but how you can put your case across to show that they are a good tenant. Yeah. Um, so there's some links through to the Arla website as well, just with further information. Basically do a pet CV talking mm. about your pet, mm -hmm. how it's going to look after the property, and put some um, videos in there or some pictures. And if the landlord really wants, maybe do a meet as well, mm -hmm. because if it's going to be a family living in that home, they're likely to be there long term. And like Mike said, they're going to look after the property. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more common now, and I think it should definitely be considered. And it's also an opportunity sometimes to get more rent as well, because we can't take bigger deposits because it's capped. Mm -hmm. But if it is the right tenant and they're prepared to pay a little bit more rent to cover the, the cost of potential damage in the future, which, like we said, kids probably cost more damage than pets, it's something to consider. It's family, isn't it? It's a long-term family investment as well. A little bite-sized nugget that came from, from Megan was on GDPR. Obviously, GDPR has been around for a while now, but um, landlords have got sort of certain commitments towards that. So just give us a bit of a summary on, on that subject that you had there as well. Yeah, so any um, landlords that... Um, lets out a property should be registered with the ICO which is the independent commissions officers office sorry um, and there may be a small fee applicable um, when they register but it's basically to comply with holding digital data of that tenant so if they don't do that there are fines involved yeah so if someone doesn't know much about that they're, they're a landlord now and it's not something their agent has told them about or um, they're a private landlord then reach out for us for for more info and then we had um, Liam came on and Liam was from Robry Morris, who's a litigation um, solicitor. It was really interesting and very detailed actually. Um, but the theme that came from Liam and from Darren, from an accountancy's perspective, um, was all about having the right advice from the outset rather than going in and making a big, big mistake. And I don't know if you've got any uh, examples of big errors over the time that you've been in agency, Mike, but that was a key thing, was about having that team around you that's going to stop mistakes basically happening. Yeah, I mean, Liam's seen some things and some stuff over his time, uh, walking in and out of courtrooms to uh, to get people out of trouble or, or, or sort of reinforce the trouble that people are in for, for the right reasons. And yeah, I've seen so many things that I couldn't, couldn't possibly start telling the stories. So yeah, the, the theme was very much the same as, as Darren's podcast. Mm. Before you act, take advice from someone in the right position rather than going on your gut feel of what you think you should be doing or you think is the right thing to do. Because quite often what you think is the right thing to do is the absolute opposite of what you should be doing. I guess because you look at it from your perspective, whereas Absolutely. actually that's probably the worst thing you can do when it comes to legislation, litigation and, 
and who's at fault and who's not because you, you're biased aren't you as it's you a say. reaction isn't it half the time yeah emotional and he he really took the emotional element out of it which was was interesting to see um he spoke about some of the big changes as well that's happened over covid and now where they stand now which some of them have gone full circle yeah so obviously the big thing that a lot of people are aware of is the notice periods mm-hmm. um so you had to serve a minimum notice period which is now back to the original two months notice but there was a period of time during lockdown where evictions couldn't take place so you could start the process and serve the relevant notice but you couldn't repossess the property essentially because the courts weren't taking on any cases to do so thankfully that's back to normal um but um that there's obviously a process in place for that but a lot of the mistakes that a lot of owners were making was you're required to serve relevant documents when serving a notice, and that would be, uh, or when they move in, should I say. So they need the how to rent guide, the EPC, the EICR certificate, the gas safe certificate. If you haven't got all those documents together and it does go to court, they're just gonna push the case away because they haven't complied with the yeah. regulations. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that anyone that lets their property out there on their own or, um, or the agent does serve that correctly for them. So it's just so important. Yeah. No, absolutely. And he was really pro letting agents as well, wasn't he? It was, you know, it's it reassuring to hear both him and Darren, obviously mentioned in Mike's podcast and the Kills podcast as well. And of course, Megan's been, you know, from Arla Property Mark, but everyone very pro having a good lettings agent behind you. There's some professional landlords out there that obviously it's, it's not a side hustle, it's their full-time job, but people really felt it's really important to create that power team and, and us being part of that power team as a, I define ourselves as a more bespoke lettings agent, you know, less less departmentalised, but that was a real key thing that a lot of people spoke about, the importance of a lettings agent. Yeah, I think they said, well, without, without quoting, if it's not something you know about, you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. Um, you know, you wouldn't go and represent yourself in court, you would get a lawyer. So why would you represent yourself as a letting agent when you can get a letting agent to do it for you. It was quite quite straightforward in, in, in quite black and white in their eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the first five episodes. We won't call it a season, but in reality, it was a good summary of five. The next five that are coming out, we've got some, some absolute blockbusters again, um, which is going to be really interesting. I think um, next week's we're going to be talking to Dave and he's going to give us a really good insight into buy-to-let mortgages. So you're going to simplify that back down to exactly what you need to be looking at depending on your own personal circumstances, which is great. We're going to talk HMOs in, in the next five as well, which would be awesome. Um, summary on the market, but before we get to that, we asked everyone what their perfect um, investment is. Obviously, we asked Mike, and he kind of touched based on, say, family homes and, and long-term convenience. I'm going to ask you, Tristan, you know, for, for yourself, if you're going to buy a buy-to-let tomorrow, what would be, off the back of the first five episodes, what would be your, your go-to buy-to-let? Family home has always been the one that's been stuck in my mind. Um, as a family man myself, two kids, I've been in my property four years now probably be there for another three, four years. So it's just the knowing it's stress-free and a long-term tenancy, just ideal for my scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd definitely be a, a three-bedroom family home is what I would look for personally. But if I was to invest and had the money for, on a larger scale, I want to do a, an office to residential conversion with 15, 20 flats. Interesting. That's that's my ideal scenario. That's the dream bucket list to be yeah. able to. No, that's an exciting one. I'd love to be part of that with you. That's um, the man. So for me, I think what what I've taken from it is um, 
I'm at that age bracket, I've got kids and yeah, convenience is, is really important. Even being in the industry, there's so much you don't know. And you realize that when you listen to, you know, these experts in their field, you think, you know, a little bit of everything and you do, but specializing in certain subjects is something you can only do in one industry in reality. Um, but for me, I definitely would be looking at something like probably a three bed end or a three bed semi that's got a garage to the side, not integral um, in one of the local hub spots that hopefully has got a little bit of equity growth still to go. Um, I think being around um, places that you could walk to potentially with your dog, we mentioned pets, but go for a cycle, go for a run, nature, that type of things I think is really important for a tenant at the moment. And I'd still feel you know quietly comfortable about having something that is close to a train station. Um, I just think that helps if there's problems down the line with tenancy jobs, it, it, it helps them potentially find another job quicker having a walking distance to, to a train station. So that would definitely be mine. So brief update on uh, on the market then. Inflation, we we touch base on some of our social media stuff. So if people follow us on Facebook, the landlord page, if you follow us on YouTube, the landlord page, or you're following Avocado, um, you know, Avocado Property on Instagram, Facebook, myself on TikTok. Inflation is something at the moment that we're talking about because it has kind of got up to that over 4% bracket as we film this. And it's something that six weeks ago, I know I was talking about the fact when it sat at 10%, you said that's just nonsense, um, just doesn't feel right at 2%. It must be higher than that. Um, that was really interesting. And we felt that it would get to Christmas around 4%. So it's jumped that in a short period of time. What do you think the impact is going to be on, I guess, just raw property pricing in the home counties more than looking nationwide? But what do you think impact that's going to have, if at all any? Well, we've seen rental prices increase uh, probably ahead of, infl- well, ahead of official inflation anyway. Probably around about nine percent this year. I'm sure Tristan's got the stats that will correct me on to give me an exact number. Um, but Supla reckon of affordability tenants are now spending thirty seven percent of their income on rent as single renters, wow. which is a very very high level. Probably the highest I've ever seen it. As the recommendation the recommended figure is thirty percent of your up to a maximum of thirty percent of your income on rental. So people are feeling inflation at the supermarkets at the petrol pumps but they're also seeing it in their homes as well from their rental it's powerful stuff you got the stats for us tristan we have so it's up by 7.2 percent close yeah close not far off yeah it's, i mean it's a big jump and that's a massive start in terms of what people are paying um mortgage rates we've got dave on next week but from a mortgage rate perspective um i don't think we'll see hopefully mortgage rates hike off the back of inflation even if the base rate changes if they do up it will be marginal but still at the moment i know one of your key statements you said you can't lose buying a buy to let at the moment because it is so cheap to do it and we talk about those profit margins within each buy to let you do buy to lets of the week all the time tristan and um, those profit margins on a lot of the properties in and around the Berkshire, sorry sort of hampshire area is, is phenomenal at the moment with the rates of mortgages so I don't know what the most recent one was, but um, what's your kind of thoughts? Do you think we're going to see spiking mortgages or do you think we're just going to see that just tumble slightly on, on, a, on a similar sort of level? So I've had a couple of conversations with a few different brokers um, and the most recent buy I've done, there was a buy select with a 25% deposit uh, and it was 1.14% for a buy select, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and especially with only a 25% deposit. But from their initial thoughts, they're going to see a slight increase, mm-hmm. but they don't think it's going to be substantial. 
So I think there will be a slight increase, but they can only be too cheap for so long. Yeah. It, it's been cheap for a while now. Um, so I should imagine they will creep up, but I don't see them going up substantially over a short period of time. Even if it goes up to 2% from 1.4, whatever, then um, yeah, it's still crazy low for a buy to let. So interesting stuff. Um, in terms of, uh, I guess, 2022, going into 2022, what sort of guests are we looking for on on the next set of podcasts? What are we what are we after? Who are we hunting down to uh, to join us as a guest? So finding one that's been a bit difficult. Um, I've spoken to a number of different people that I thought would be an ideal fit. So I'm looking for an EPC assessor okay. um, to talk about the changes um, as of 2025. Uh, Buy to property going to need to be a minimum of a C rating. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about what to look for of an EPC. Um, the rough costs involved or what major works a landlord can do in order to bring that standard up. So just a bit more guidance and make it a bit clearer from, from an investment point. You don't waste your money on one thing if it's going to be a bit more beneficial doing it elsewhere. And I think um, Megan gave us a little bit of an insight into that as well in her podcast, which we won't go into, but check out that episode where she talks about maybe just murmurings what might be happening on the EPCs. And I know you had a strong opinion on it as well, which was uh, good to see you get passionate on that episode, Tristan. What else are we looking for? So if you're an EPC surveyor, reach out. If you want to get your business a plug and you want to talk about it, um, we would love to have you on. Um, so uh, Pete from HMO on steroids, um, so we were speaking about the HMO market. Mm-hmm. Uh, would like someone from um, that deals with service accommodation to yeah. talk about that aspect of things. There's been lots of talks about Airbnb and stuff like that and tax changes that's potentially going to implemented. So just want to find out from their side of how it's benefited them, if it's profitable and just going a bit more detail from that side. Good. Um, and also we're going to speak to a, a local builder talking about refurbs, uh, obviously conversions, adding value to a property. A lot of people working from home, so office space is how much they're seeing yeah. from that side, but going into the building element. We're talking about inflation at the moment, but obviously materials and what actually it costs to do a budget refurb, a luxury refurb, and everything in the middle would be would be a great conversation. So if you own any of those types of businesses, then reach out to us. Um, this has been really good. The snapshot it's given us a really good insight into what's gone on. If you've missed any of those episodes, definitely go back and uh, have a listen. Please subscribe. We love reviews. Um, We love feedback from people. We'd love to hear from you. Um, But we're across all different platforms. So if you've got any questions at all and you're watching anywhere or listening anywhere, then obviously reach out. Um, We'd love to help with any of your conversations or questions. And we're not looking for anything in return. It's just something that we love doing. We love talking about. Um, And in this snapshot, obviously, we've given a little bit of a summary on some of the others. And we'll do the same after the next five. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we will see everyone and hear everyone on the podcast next week. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax, and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast, and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.